0: Join me right now on Kumite Radio is Douglas Fry, head MMA coach of Genesis Jiu-Jitsu. What's going on, Douglas? Hi, bro.
1: Enjoying this little bit of a cold stuff we got going on.
0: Oh, it gets cold in
1: Texas? Just a little bit. We have patches of coldness here and there throughout the year, and this
0: is one of those little patches. Was it as cold as when you came to Korea?
1: No, not not yet. Now, <laughs> I, I hail from a city in the panhandle called Amarillo, and we're guaranteed blizzards there every year. And so that was something I did grow up in, uh, but here in the uh, the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex, we get a little bit of ice, a little bit of snow, but it's nothing like what you guys are getting in Seoul every year.
0: Yeah, it's it's not good right now. It's it's pretty bad outside. Um, yep. I want to start in the beginning. You know, you're the head MMA coach at Genesis Jiu-Jitsu. I want to know how you ended up there.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I. The team that I trained with whenever I was fighting, Team Takedown, we spent um, one day a week, sometimes two days a week, cross-training at Genesis Jiu-Jitsu. And this was six, seven years ago, five years ago. And um, <clears throat> and so it, that's how I, I was introduced to Genesis. And fast forward um, into 2017, um, I had been offered a coaching position in Iceland at Mjolnir MMA uh, with my friend uh, Jan Bed, who was one of the uh, the original founders of Mjolnir. And um, that was in April of 2017. We, Jen and I came back home, started looking at what it was going to take to get over there. And um, based on the requirements of bringing domestic animals in and us having a, a, a 14-year-old chihuahua at the time, um, it just didn't make sense for us to put her through that type of stress. We did end up moving up there. Um, fast forward a couple of months later in 2017, and Jen and I are in a hotel room. Um, Jen had just weighed in against Ashley Cummins, and um, I get a message from Mark De La Rosa. And he says, hey, how's it going? How's Jen's weigh-in? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mark does not make small talk. So, um, And I trained with him, so I, I know him pretty well. And I'm like, what's up, Mark? And he goes, how would you like to be my head coach? And of course, I was like, whoa, all right. You know, let me get get this handled with Jen this weekend, I'll come back to uh, Texas and we'll, uh, we'll get this hashed out. And sure enough, I met with uh, um, some of the other coaches at Genesis and uh, an MMA program wasn't something that, they, that was on the table or on anybody's mind at the beginning of the year, but based on what we were doing, based on what they had seen me do with, uh, with athletes working with nutrition as well as strength conditioning as well as just everything that has to do with mixed martial arts, um, they thought that I fit the position to develop uh, a true powerhouse MMA team here in the, uh, in the on the Texas scene. And um, here I am now 15 months after having that, that team up and running. and uh, I you know we've got we're quality. we're, we're known and we're making uh, we're making waves and you know the men and the women in the the fight under me are just doing exceptionally well. Yeah,
0: but, but, it is but, incredible what you have done in such a short period of time. Now, when you look at fighters to bring onto your team, what do you look for? You know, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches, they're very selective. And some coaches, they just take whoever, can, whoever comes. If they want to, you know, if they want to turn pro, then they just take them in. So what is your uh, protocol?
1: Um, I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And, um, and I, I have to have an open mind that some fighters, when they come in and they train with us for a week, doesn't mean that if they trained with us for a year that they would even be remotely the same fighter. So I, I want to take into consideration my ability to develop um, and even correct some of the fighters that have been with other coaches that haven't just just have gaps in their in their game. Um, so I'm more of a anybody can come train with us. It's an open door policy. I'm not trying to shut the door in any, anybody's face. But I also I don't recruit um, the the fighters come to me. They they see our successes and in doing so those successes turn into interest from other other fighters that you know maybe they feel like they need better oversight they want a a different mind to help them with their game and um essentially that's been the way that um i've been able to piece together this uh this fight team
0: i think right now you know Maybe a couple years ago, a lot of fighters would be going to these huge super camps and, you know, training with the bigger names. But I think sure. it has changed a little bit where fighters, they're not looking at the super camps anymore. And they're looking for a coach that could give them more attention. And Genesis seems like one of those teams. And you're a coach that, you know, does that for them.
1: Yeah, that's um that's kind of been my experiences with having this team is I, I have had a couple of fighters come from bigger camps, um, namely... Uh, one of my amateur fighters, he's new to the team, but he's perfect record. He's 5-0 MMA, 3-0 Muay Thai, but he had been at Jackson's in the first part of this year. And um, whenever he reached out to me, he was like, I I don't get coaching up there. You know, I'm just trying to find where I fit in. Nobody's looking after me. Um, he goes, I want to go somewhere where I can get somebody's knowledge and their attention. And uh, and he came and tried out the gym, stayed Drove in and uh, stayed all day, loved it, joined, came back the next uh, Friday. So that was on a Monday, came back that Friday, signed up, and then three weeks later moved here. Um, and now he's part of the team. So he, he saw the um, the benefit and the positivity that, uh, that comes with kind of a smaller team, a smaller setting, but we also have specialty coaches for everybody.
0: Your team, you got, like you mentioned earlier, Mark, his wife, Christina yeah. Williams. Julia Avila, man, it's like you're building this incredible roster. Um, They all have different styles. How do you handle coaching and managing so many different aspects of this game?
1: Uh, Well, it does help that I've competed in most all aspects of this game at at one level or another. And um, in doing that, I'm able to, again, be a little bit more open-minded whenever I see um, somebody not able to perform a certain move or a certain combination as effectively. Um, and in that sense, I can I can help to modify their own game in doing so. And I think a lot of that comes from, I was a personal trainer for many years and I had a personal training business. And so understanding how the body works too and the mechanics, I think that's really helped me with um, the different body types, the different um, ways of fighting and, and skill
0: sets that these fighters bring uh, to my team. When you coach a session, what is the mental approach do you, do you take into that session every time?
1: It's all business. Mm-hmm. We're, we're
0: here to work. You're here to get in your work. Yeah, we laugh. We cut up some,
1: but um, everybody knows that we are a competition team and we're not in here... We're we're not trying to have anybody on the match with us that's not serious about improving their game. And so... Um, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's business. We, we we get in, we get out, and that's it. We shake hands afterwards.
0: Nowadays, a lot of fighters come out, they're talking about they don't spar anymore, they don't do any hard sparring. Uh, what is your philosophy on sparring? Do you do it a lot, or is it like a once-a-week type of thing?
1: There's a lot of technical sparring at the school.
0: Um, in a sense
1: where the grappling and the submission exchanges are more at an 80 percent 100 percent rate they're, they're a lot more live but when we're talking about headshots from fists and from uh, shins and, and feet um we try to dial those down and be as controlled as possible whether that's both standing in a neutral position or on the ground trying to keep those headshots trying to keep the mind preserved this is this is hard as, as it is fighting is hard enough on the brain um and so i i'm a firm believer that sparring is essential and you've got to know where your fighter's thresholds are. But once you reach a certain level, let's say like Jen, 33 years old, it's not going to benefit her to hard spar once a week, twice a week, anything like that. Um, For her, it would be like, okay, six weeks out from camp, we're going to get a couple of back to back weeks of some five round hard cage rounds and make sure that you have that timing down. Other than that, it's just staying sharp. So, in a sense, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's all dependent on the level of each fighter. Some of these amateurs, they gotta know what it feels like to get in there and get hit and, uh, and, and go full speed and be exhausted, and um, and so it just depends. It, it does depend, um, but there's a time and a place for it, and it's it's not an everyday event. It's not an every week event either, in my opinion.
0: Did you realize this as a fighter or as a coach nope. coach coach I was I my,
1: uh, my training partners were Chaz Kelly Johnny Bedford and William Camposano. and us four and this is the this is like towards the about the mid part of my career and we just beat the fuck out of each other all day every day that was our training so when uh, the media would come in and do stories on one of us, they would just see us just fuck each other up and always leaves with bloody noses, bruised ears, ears, uh, head ring. And just, we, I grew up in that kind of that last era that, that it should be, it should die off with us. I don't think that it, it benefits anybody really. Yeah. It made us tough as shit, but did it really help in our fighting abilities? Could we have been doing something a lot more technical? Absolutely. Towards the end part of my career, I was with team takedown. And every weekend we had hard sparring rounds and, we had a really good coaching staff, so I can't say that our recipe for success didn't work. But now that I'm the head coach, and I look back and I see what has happened over the years and how these fighters are nowadays, um, and my even my own peers, I do want to make sure that I'm adjusting accordingly to again preserve that brain health, of my uh, my fighters.
0: Team Takedown, that's the camp with Johnny Hendricks. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Did you do a lot of sparring with Johnny Hendricks?
1: Um, being him, him being as heavy as he was at that time outside of camp, and even getting close to camp, not really. We would have wrestling goes, uh, plenty of them. We would do plenty of technical sparring, but I was never in there for hard sparring. It, it it served no purpose for him or for myself. He would be in there with our guys like Chris Feist and Kamaru Usman whenever he would come come through, and uh, Jake Rochalt and um much bigger stronger athletic dudes that would have given him you know better looks than my smaller self but uh plenty of training with with him throughout our careers for sure
0: yeah when you see when you saw him fight bare knuckle what would you what what was your view on that you know like a lot of people they 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 see johnny and they remember him as the guy that came in and Beat GSP, you know. What I mean, a lot of people feel like he, he beat GSP. Come on, let's be real about that. Um, yeah, but when you see that, does it kind of you know irk you a little bit?
1: Well, Johnny's Johnny, always has been, does his own thing. Um, whenever our boxing coach, uh, who is it Tony Cavello, he, he works uh, with Johnny, uh, works with Mark Montana and Jen as well, and he's one of my uh assistant coaches at Genesis. When he told me about it, I, of course, I gave him my honest opinion. I didn't think it should happen. But the money, the purse was Mm. very lucrative. Mm. Insane amount of money to happen for a a first-time promotion. Just insane. Um, And so it's like I'd fight my fucking mom for as much as they were offering Hendrix. Now, I spoke with Tony last night. Johnny hasn't been paid mm-hmm. he and that just like none of those guys on that card have been paid. Johnny was given a, a check that check bounced. Um, and so it's like, it's like it adds to that layer of, well, I guess you shouldn't have fucking fought Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I don't think he was there mentally. I think he's mentally been checked out of combat sports even before he retired. Um, but again, you know, he's a competitor and if he thinks he can do it, he does have the mindset I think, to still be able to compete. But unfortunately, that Oka boxing match did not go any way that would benefit him in any means.
0: Definitely. I'm I'm always going to be a fan of Johnny Hendricks. I love his style, you know, the wrestling and the boxing. And I hope he, uh, actually, I don't really hope he comes back, but if he does come back, I hope he comes back with the right mind and, and you know, gets down to the weight that he's supposed to be at and, and goes at it because I still think he could do it.
1: Yeah, I, I again I, I'm a firm believer in Johnny's ability. If if he if he he really had it in his heart to fight, he could do it. He's that he's just the man who can do it and he'd probably fight for a long time. But I just I don't see it. I don't I just don't see it and I love the guy, but it just I just don't see it.
0: Speaking of Johnny, Johnny is known for missing weight. And yeah. lately a lot of women have been missing weight. And you know weight cutting has been a big issue. What are your thoughts on weight cutting? I know you have the X factor of as being a coach because you know a lot about nutrition, weight cutting for women. How much harder is it for them?
1: it's uh it's it's a completely different game. and so you have some of these these coaches that really don't understand um, the difference between the two and they try to do one exactly as the same as the other, it's kind of frustrating because they don't take things into consideration like their, like their cycles specifically. Um, but, uh, when it comes to weight cutting in general, I would, I would rather us be able to do away with it. I'd rather that not to even have to be one of my specialties at all. Um, and, and just be more of a nutritionist. I went to school for dietetics to become a nutritionist. And so I, I'm able to give these guys professional help. Now, the weight cutting, I'm able to give them, I guess you would call it professional help because I've I've been there, done that, done all the recording of it. You know, I've I know what works for the men and for the women, um, but it's it's still it's not an expert filled anything. I, and I'd rather not even have to worry about it ever. I wish it was more of like same day weigh ins, like wrestling. That would be fantastic, but that's not what sells. The buildup, the hype. All that shit sells, so I don't. I don't think we do away with them. I don't think it happens. Um, and you, you have some of these state athletic commissions, like California, that are implementing new hydration uh, rules. And um, and the Singapore company, Singaporean company One FC. Now, I've also heard some stuff about them about you know it, they pick and choose who has to adhere to those. But you know, at least at least they are trying to do something. I guess. Um, but again, um, I, I would rather just do away with it. I'd rather not be weight cutting in the game at all. Too detrimental for the most part.
0: Now let's move on to the biggest fight that's coming up. You know, your wife, yeah. Invicta. But before we get into that fight, let's talk about the, the first fight. Invicta FC 30. You know, Jin Yu, she faced Mina Grusander for the vacant Adamweight title. She won by unanimous decision. Could you dissect the strategy going into that fight?
1: Yeah. Um, going into the fight, Mina being a little bit of an unknown as far as on the uh, – at the level that she fought Jen at, um, we didn't really know what to expect. Plenty of film on her from her IMAAF days. AF days. Um, but still, with we didn't really know what to expect, so there was no specific game plan for that fight. Jin was like, I don't want to game plan anything, I just want to be ready um, for anything that, that she has. And as the fight played out, when we saw that Mina had um, really, really, really good control against the cage with Jin, but was not doing anything with it, wasn't offensive with it at all, just holding her against the cage... We saw Jen start to begin to um, figure it out in that fourth and in that fifth round. A couple of times in the first and the second round when she was able to spin off. But unfortunately, Jen, the way that she would use her footwork and back is right up against the cage, that was something that specifically for this fight that we looked at that we can make Jen better at. We see where Mina is very, very strong at. Um, and that first fight, it was, it was a good fight and it was a close fight. I did a breakdown of the um, significant strikes landed. And I don't have the exact number, but it was um, more than two to one. It was like 109 to 41 or 42 or something like that um, in favor of Jen. The takedowns were in favor of Jen. The submission attempts were in favor of Jen. Um, And so that's, I'm glad that the fight was called the way it was because when I was in the cage, I was like, well, this is Jen's fight. And it was only because Mina didn't do anything with the holding. With, uh, with that pressure, just just laying on her. Um, there was no real attacks at the legs. There was no real attacks in the clinch there. Um, and so I'm glad the judges scored it the way that they did. Um, now, here we are. We are nine days out, and Jen is going to be defending her belt against the same girl that she that she wanted from. Um, lot, like Jen said, a lot of people scored it in Jen's favor. A lot of people scored it in Mina's favor as well. You know, Maybe a 50-50 split. Um, so... Jen feels it's only right to make the win definitive. Um, she's a perfectionist, always has been in everything that she does. So when Shannon Knapp and I talked about this fight, about the matchup, in fact, it wasn't even, Mina wasn't on our, on our radar. It wasn't going to be, all right, let's go fight Mina. It was, let's look at 115 because this is your last fight on the on the contract, and we want to go make some real money. Love Invicta. Jen is a world champion in Invicta. But when it comes down to it, there are there's a lot more money to be made outside of the hundred and five pound weight class. And so that's what we were looking at. Uh, but Shannon said we'd have to give up the belt and a fight would be maybe till March or April. And then it was like, OK, fuck that. Let's fight Mina. That's not an issue at all. We stay in championship pay. She levels up on, on money on both sides and she gets to prove. Uh, a point and be make, be a
0: definitive champion, um, and and that was all the motivation that Jin needed for that one. In the fight, it was twenty five minutes. There's so much to dissect. <laughs> what point or what moments did you feel in that fight Jin had a chance to capitalize, but she didn't?
1: <sighs> over and over and over again, as a as a coach and looking at it, how I do. And I'm brutally honest with even even my wife. <laughs> I have to butter it up at times. But just like with all my fighters, like I, I'm going to tell you exactly how I perceived it. And I told Jen specifically that had Mina just stayed active, knees to the legs, foot stomps, things like that, she wins that fight because she's causing damage and keeping that control. When Jen would spin off, And she might land an elbow, she might land a a hand or even a kick. Um, Her footwork patterns brought her right back into the same spot. And so all the different circular patterns and misdirections and things like that were not spots that she was able to capitalize that we've trained before. So those were the moments in the first, second, fourth, first, second, and fourth rounds that she specifically had moments to spin-off, control center cage, and and be a little bit more offensive rather than being on her heels and then getting tied up against the cage again. Um, third round was, was a pretty obvious shutout for Jen. Uh, she scored that takedown really, really early and then stayed topside and, and, and beat Mina up and almost uh, caught her with an RNC. And then the fifth round, you see Jen start to figure out her footwork. I get, took her 20 minutes to really start to figure out, okay, I can continue with my footwork left or right, forward or backwards. I've got it all. I've got all these different ways I can go. Um, and so I'm glad that we were able to watch that one specifically in that fifth round and show that Jen still had um, the ability to move and the oxygen capacity to continue delivering blows.
0: Yeah, it seemed like after she won the title... She wasn't satisfied, it seemed like right immediately after, you know what I mean? Like she she was happy that she won it, but it was like you kinda got the feeling when she was doing her after or post fight interview, she, she wanted she needed she needed more time, it seemed like. I think
1: she was overwhelmed emotionally because it, she's been doing this ten years now and she's been fighting for this specific belt since Ayaka, mm-hmm. Hamasaki in September twenty sixteen. And so I think Jin was just Taken away for a moment. She didn't have the words. But then once we watched the fight, Jen was not satisfied with her performance. Um, and in fact, all we did is we we went straight back to the hotel, ordered a pizza, stayed in the room, and that and that was it, and watched the fight. Um, and talked about it. Me, Jen, and uh, um, Montana, and our coach, Tony Cabello, um, talked about all the beneficial things. But I could tell that night that Jen just dissecting it in her mind um was not satisfied with how she won this belt so again this is resolve this is going to be resolved next saturday hopefully hopefully everything goes okay everything smooth you know anything fucking happen, but mm. hopefully Jin gets some resolve um in nine days
0: Jin, she is on a media blackout she's not doing any interviews right so what is her mind state right now? It must be different because she's usually very happy go lucky and open to do interviews and all kinds of stuff. So she's, she must be taking this really seriously.
1: Yeah. So Jen's a bit of an introvert as, as it is. And when it comes to like media, it's always been forced on her. And she will be happy. And once she does them, you know, she can do interviews and she can be interactive. But it's never been anything that she wants to do. Um, and she had a statement, I believe that somebody goes, what do you want to be remembered for in the sport? She goes, I hope I'm not remembered. I hope I disappear into obscurity when I'm done with this. I don't want to be remembered. That's her mindset. That's just how Jim looks at it. That's fine. That's her. She's an individual when it comes to that, um, for this specific fight. Yeah. She just doesn't want to do any of the, the media. She's staying completely focused. She knows that Mina is doing a lot of media stuff. She know. what. She knows that Mina has said a few things about her, and Jen is just Jen is just ready to fight her. And I've never heard I've never heard Jen speak about anybody in the way that she has spoken about Mina for this fight. Um, in a very, in a very, uh, I don't want to say hateful, but she Jen Jen wants to fuck her up mm-hmm. and wants to put a stamp on it, and so. I think that has a lot to do with it and Jen's just kind of being that that volcano right now that start that's rumbling and rumbling and rumbling and, and on Saturday night we see the uh, the power.
0: There was some controversy after that fight, you know? And yeah. you know, you came out and talked about Mina and her tactics, you know, her gag tactics. What yeah. did you think about the backlash you received online?
1: It was uh first off it was uncalled for, for me to, for me to say anything, I should have not said anything. Um, but I did. And so I have to live with, with what I did. Um, I managed to also piss off an entire country. And, uh, so that was new. That was new for me. Uh, we won't be visiting Finland anytime soon. I don't, I don't believe. Um, but also I, I'm able to take it. So, um, I kind of meet things head first. And so when somebody has a problem with what I said and they want to say something to me, well, you know, I've got a rebuttal for them as well. Um, But they're also being a coach now and having fighters and being responsible for these, for how they look in public too. And I reflect them. um, I've had to take a moment to where I'm going, okay, I shouldn't have done that. I did it. I don't need to do anything like that again. So it did help with building up um, a storyline and a rematch. And, in fact, when Shannon Knapp was talking to me about putting this together, she said that the UFC specifically called for this rematch. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. But with the UFC calling for this rematch, maybe they're considering the 105 division. Maybe it's just because it creates more storyline for UFC bypass in this last little bit. I I really just don't know um, when it comes to that. But, yeah, um, I said some things that caught fire, pissed off a lot of people. Um Jim said some things not near as brash as I did um, with her post fight post on on social media um, but when it comes down to it too like Mina and her can't know what they did and it wasn't just that night it was all week long we had the cleaning ladies at the um, hotel that we were staying at came to our room they said oh, you're the girl on the poster to Jen, your opponent. We just got back from her room. It is disgusting. It is foul. And so they they were warning us. Then we have these, we have workout rooms in the hotel. The camps that were sharing the same mat room as her, they came to us individually and they're like, hey, just so you know, this girl is is very, very foul. I, Which to me says that it was a planned tactic. I don't think she's probably a, a dirty, foul, nasty girl in general, but I've had training partners that have done that. I wrestled, and I had wrestling training partners that did that as well that wanted to stink, would not take a shower, would not brush their teeth for an entire week before a big match because it's supposed to be it's psychological warfare as, as well. Um, so I do still believe that it was a, a planned tactic. Should I have said anything? No. I should have left... Lying dogs sleep. Been happy with the win. But here we are. And now Mina gets to make some more money. She gets to come fight for this title again. Because had that not happened, you know what? Maybe Invicta's like, let's fucking move on. And fight Ashley Cummins next. So she just won against Jessica Delboni. Um, making herself the number one contender. Um, so. Yeah, I. I, I felt bad. I kind of felt bad. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have called the girl out, but I did. And I've got to live with what I what I did. Um, and but here we are. I mean, shit gets settled next Saturday anyway. And hopefully none of her countrymen try to fucking scrap with me while I'm there. So I've kind of been prepared for like, all right, are any of these motherfuckers? Because she brought a whole crowd last time. She brought like 30 people. Had a whole section in that in that stadium. And so I'm like, all right. I'm, so I've just been I've been preparing. Like I've got to be ready in case one of these guys try to, uh, try to throw on me too. So, um, but that's, you
0: know, based on my own actions, I've got to, I've got to,
1: I've got to deal with this myself.
0: The training camp, you know, with Jin, how long has the training camp been? And like, I don't really want to say what you focused on, but what have you worked on more than other aspects of the game?
1: Mm, The camp has been almost three months long. We've known about this fight since, um, September mid-September um so it was just easing back into it it was Jen doesn't like to watch her fights um she doesn't like to film study um but for this one she's watched it a couple of times and seen specifically where we can improve and so what we've done for this camp is is seeing exactly where those improvements can be made We think we know Mina's same game plan or game plan will probably be about the same because of the successes that she had. Um, Maybe not, you know, you you just, you never know. But based on where Jin was weakest at in this fight, in that last fight, we wanted to improve on those strengths while still compounding the improvements on uh, what she's very, very good at already in general.
0: With Jin, she's 33 years old, you know, she's the champ. This is her title defense. She defends the title, let's say. Where does she go? You mentioned 115. Is she trying to go to the UFC? Because I don't know if they're really thinking about adding another women's weight division, especially when they, they're they not really thinking about adding a men's weight division.
1: Yeah, and I haven't heard any of the UFC brass say that they're bringing up the 105. It's been rumors on social media 105 is going to be added with the new ESPN deal. I haven't heard anything. McMaynard, I'm sure, would tell me if so. Um, so, 115, I think, is the likely weight class that uh, that we go to, um, and have her finish her career out. Uh, this being Jim's last fight on her contract, um, you know, we'll give Invicta definitely the benefit of the doubt. Talk about a new contract. Um, may implore one uh, FC, see what they've got going on over there. You know, they're they're on a on a signing spree, um, or you know, I don't. Jen wins this fight. I don't know if Mick and Sean over at the UFC would want her to fight at 115 in Invicta first and prove that she can fight um, at that weight class, or if they would immediately sign her. Um, so there's there's that as well to take into consideration. So one fight at a time. Let's get through Mina, and then we'll we'll address that in, in January.
0: Yeah, I'll welcome her to come and sign with the ONE Championship. She has, she is half Korean. She could represent the country over here in that promotion, and they are trying to stack up Korean fighters. You know, they just yeah. signed Sexy He is also, yeah. he's Korean, but he's you know Japanese. You know that whole weird situation right yeah. there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. But uh, yeah, you know, I I hope she comes over here. I think she blogs over here. But you know, if her career continues over there, that's great for her. Uh, I you know I've been watching her for a long time, you know, and and uh, it's always fun watching her fight. She has a great style. But yeah, um, man, this fight is gonna be huge. I think it it is it is a, a grudge match. It it, bec- it became a grudge match, and uh, and it all works out in the in the end for you, for Jin, for for Mina too you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i do i do mean yeah i think uh i think everybody's gonna get paid and uh, and they've built a storyline and and, um you know mina is now becoming a little bit more of a name in the united states and so that it in a sense it does help build everybody's career for this jen doesn't give a fuck about her career she doesn't care who knows her name she's so different but you know some people who are just super super active on social media and and things like that it, it matters to them and um, so yeah, I think it's it's good for for all for both athletes in general.
0: All right, Douglas, thank you for your time, man. Uh, it was great talking to you. Usually the interviews don't go so long, but hey, you know you're a talker, you know how to talk, so it's always good to pick your brain, especially a coach. I love talking to coaches because you could ask them anything about the game, and they always have some kind of angle to that question, and uh, it's great, man. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, man, pleasure having a uh, pleasure being here and talking with you, John.